This city is a dumb and blinded thing. A circus of beasts in wool hats and waistcoats. This city... Well, they say you can trust the rats, at least. This city is the only home I've ever known, but every time I think of leaving, I wonder if I could stand to discover the rest of the world is the same. So I stay, even if staying means trusting the rats more than my neighbors. Such it is, and such it always shall be. But not here. Not in the final component. Of the second act of Quinn's mechanism. For what it's worth, I'm proud of you, Hope. I'd always considered your spinelessness so elemental a deficiency of character as to be utterly beyond help. If I had realized it was not, I may have seen fit to test your limits sooner. Come now, this is an exciting development. It is a rare occasion that one of our numbers sees fit to volunteer their own mind and body to further our pursuit of knowledge in spite of the considerable danger. I hardly think I qualify as one of your number, August. And that was a choice you made. You've had ample opportunities to consent to be brought into the fold, and to reap the benefits of doing so. You can't possibly be blaming me for your own mistakes. Be reasonable. <laughs> what an expression that is. Why, if I didn't know better, I might be tempted to believe you wished me harm. It is tempting to believe that, isn't it? <laughs> you volunteered. You chose this. I am tempted to contest your definition of choice. You had a choice, Hope. You still do. I can always have your venomous paramour brought back in, if you've changed your mind. No? Should I- No. Hmm? Don't involve them in this any further than you already have. Of course. If your resolve holds, I will ensure no harm comes to them. You have my word. <laughs> I'm afraid I missed the joke. Is there something amusing about what I've said? Not at all. I was just thinking I might be inclined to trust Desmond's word over yours. 
and he's conspired against me from the beginning. I beg your pardon? I'm quite sure you swore to be true to your wife when you married her, and we've all seen how well you've kept to that, haven't we? The two of you are really just perfect for one another, aren't you? A matched pair of vipers, striking out at the boot of the intrepid explorer with no thought given to being crushed beneath its heel. And here I thought I would extend to you a token of my sincerity. But since my word is of so little value to you, I suppose you won't be wanting this, will you? Is that? One of the claustra? Yes. It was my thought that it would be a shame to lose a woman of your abilities to the madness of becoming an obsessive, but it seems you don't agree. I, I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. August, please. And how quickly your attitude changes at the first glimmer of hope of some salvation. I wonder, can it truly be called bravery if you're only brave in the face of abject defeat? Or is it simply resignation? You truly never fail to disappoint my expectations, Hope. Then maybe your expectations are the problem. What was that? Not everyone can be like you, August. <clears throat> I disagree. The only difference between you and I is that I accept the call to do what must be done. It's that simple, is it? Yes! For all your failings, you're not without potential. What you lack is vision. The drive to see that we are on the precipice of a better world and be spurred to action by that. <laughs> We've known each other too long for me to believe you think I have any redeeming qualities. What? No, that can't be right. I've always made it clear I consider you to be a woman of talent and intelligence. You only ever say those things to me as a prelude to some complaint. It's always... For someone who possesses such a keen intellect, it's remarkable how rarely your thoughts seem to be of any substance. Or, for all your many accomplishments within academia, there are moments I question your grasp of the most basic of principles. Now, that's hardly fair. Oh, is it? And how so? You talk about me as though I'm some sort of implacable tormentor with no other purpose than to diminish you. And that is unfair, isn't it? Yes, it does feel quite unfair to be painted in broad strokes by someone who refuses to be persuaded or satisfied, doesn't it? For once, August, I think we do agree. I will not apologize for pushing you to surpass the limits of your complacency. Despite the fact that your efforts have, by your own admission, always met with failure. And yet you repeat the experiment with the same methods and blame me when the results remain the same. Now, Hope... You're either a poor scientist or a poor liar, August Howard. And I've had the pleasure of seeing the quality of your work. And unlike you, that is a compliment I can give unreservedly and without caveat. I do think highly of your abilities, Hope. From the first moment of our meeting, nothing about your behavior has suggested that to be the case. You can't expect me to accept it now. <laughs> No, I... If I had been such a tyrant to you, you would have said something sooner, I'm, I'm sure of it. Perhaps not. Perhaps I said nothing out of some fear I might find myself hidden away 
in some remote basement, faced with the prospect of death or madness, with only your gloating to accompany me on my way to an unfortunate end. How ridiculous of me. You chose this. You defined the scope of the choices I was given. Let's suppose, for a moment, that this is, as you seem to suspect, some elaborate scheme to torment you in your last moments on this earth. Why, then, would I have brought the claustrum with me, hmm? Hmm. I don't believe you ever had any intention of leaving it with me. You are mistaken, Hope. It was always my intention to leave you with the claustrum, no matter how discourteously you felt inclined to behave. Go on, take it. Don't just sit there looking at me as though I was some common schoolyard bully. Is that really what you think of me? That I'm so base a creature as to offer deliverance only to then snatch it away in a moment of greatest hope? My, my. You really have made me a devil in your mind. Thank you. For this. I'm not so petty a man that I would dare to withhold something instrumental to a colleague's success simply because she spoke unkindly to me, you know. Your saying that makes me begin to suspect you have some other purpose in leaving this with me. I suppose there's no helping it if you insist on demonizing me. We're shorthanded tonight, so you'll forgive me for leaving you without an observer. With that in mind, I must insist that if you begin to feel the destructive lure of the obsessive, you do not delay in employing the claustrum. Ah. But take care not to preempt the necessity. I'm sure I can trust a woman of your experience to judge when it is best to end an experiment. Someone will be by to check on you in an hour. Insufferable. Well, there's no sense delaying, is there? Really, August, there's no harm in looking at the cover. Why do you insist on wrapping these things up in parcel paper between every experiment if not to antagonize me? I consider you to be a woman of talent and intelligence. My foot. Well, if these are to be my last moments of clarity... I suppose there's no harm in a brief digression. August, no matter how gamely you try to convince yourself otherwise, you are no different than a schoolyard bully, and your high-flown ideals do nothing to change that fact. What is it you think a bully is? Some merciless fiend bent on causing suffering for suffering's sake? A bully, August, is merely a person who considers it his righteous duty to put his boot down on those beneath it, thus satisfying himself that he remains above them. I suppose I'm no better, in a way. I'm woman enough to admit that. That's enough soliloquizing. Let's get on with it.
This is Professor Hope Lesner of Deakin University, conducting independent artifact research on behalf of Professor August Howard of Deakin University for the private academic institution known as the Esoteric Order of the All-Seeing Eye, hereafter referred to as the Order. I am, in this instance, both researcher and subject, and thus have no additional staff to introduce. The artifact I have been given is the same as was consulted in the previous experiment. It is the fourth volume in the series of Abextran texts possessed by the Order. As my assistant in that experiment was apparently unable to provide a comprehensive description, I will do so now. The book is an octavo of unremarkable dimensions and, as with the others, has been hardbound in a brown leather of unidentified origin. If one is to assume the leather used for each volume is of the same type, it may be worth noting that it was suggested to be undyed cow's leather by a previous research assistant with some experience in these matters. The cover and spine have been embossed with a stylized image of a closed or clenched fist, seen from above, as though directed toward the observer. The thumb is visible, crossing the first knuckle of the fingers. The volume was, at one point, pierced through by a claustrum, a mechanical device which serves to leash the effects of the volume through some unknown mechanism of action. It is... long and narrow, with a four-clawed grasping mechanism at one end. For all their faults, their ability to predict the form and function of a missing component with nothing but the evidence of its absence to rely on was a talent all its own, I suppose. Perhaps they would have been better suited to working with clay or bone tablet fragments. Hmm. Perhaps... Oh! Oh, no. No. Oh? Oh. <clears throat> the claustrum appears to be composed of two separate components. I wish you had warned me, August. For a moment, I thought I had broken it. The first of these components is a narrow, tapering needle approximately two and a half to three inches in length. Polished stone or piece of glass has been set in a sort of jeweler's cup on the wider end. The stone is oval and almost entirely transparent except for what looks to be a number of thread-like black inclusions within it. In contrast to the cup in which the stone is set, and to the secondary component, both of which are highly polished and show only the superficial scratches one would associate with common wear and tear. The surface of the needle itself is not entirely uniform. There is a fine pattern of dents covering it in its entirety. It seems to me that there's some evidence to suggest an attempt was made to smooth these irregularities, but they're still somewhat visible and easily felt. As to their purpose, I have no idea. I'm afraid I'm neither a jeweler nor a metalworker, August. The second component is a mechanism of some sort. As expected, there is a sequence of four triangular claws set on the underside of a circular platform with a hole in the center. There is also some manner of gadgetry present. In addition to not being a blacksmith, I've also never taken much of an interest in tinkering, I'm sorry. I couldn't tell you the first thing about how this infernal thing is meant to work, except to say that I assume this part is meant to be fitted to the cover of the book and the needle inserted into it. <sighs> it 
may be worth noting that I have been informed by Desmond that this metal is not brass, but some manner of copper and gold alloy, which was apparently in popular use for objects of religious importance in the Americas prior to the arrival of Europeans. Not that it matters, as far as I'm aware. With that business aside, I suppose there's nothing to do but get on with it, is there? So that's how you work, is it? I can't count your pages. Fine. I'll endeavor to resist the urge. Ah. There you are. There is an unlabeled illustration of a hand. Its palm is toward the reader, and it has its index and middle fingers extended in a point. It is indicating the previous page. Which is... Empty. Hmm. As is the succeeding page, and... Wait. The image of the hand is gone. What on earth? The entire book is blank. What in God's name? This really is too much, August. At the very least, I should be able to reasonably expect consistency from... Ah. Of course. That's your game, is it? Yes, I suppose that makes sense. Yes, of course, they found the image of the hand precisely when they were insisting to me that the pages were blank, and the text when they argued that the previous page had been blank. But then, how am I to read you? If your nature is to resist the fulfillment of my expectations, and I know to expect you to resist me. But if I expect that you will resist, and expect to see nothing, does that then mean... Oh god, my head hurts. I'm doing nothing but think myself in circles. Is that supposed to be some sort of encouragement? <laughs> what do you expect me to do, August? Turn it upside down? Fold the pages into cranes? Close my eyes and imagine the contents? There's nothing in here. There's nothing. Oh, God. Patience, Desmond. I beg your pardon, Professor Howard, but... Would it matter to you if I said I won't give it? We don't even know if they'll come. This could be a complete waste of our time. You're done. You're done. All right. The door is missing. I will not panic. You will not make me panic. How did this happen? I haven't read a word. Not yet. You have work to do, Hope. There is work to be done. I am experiencing 
a very unpleasant sensation. I don't know if it's the absence of the door or the effect of the text, but I feel very closed in. I will not panic. Logically, I, I think the next step should be to explore the space I find myself in, but I'm afraid if I stand up now, I, I may start running despite myself. So I, I think I need to acclimate. Is there any acclimating to this feeling? I acknowledge that I possess an unusually apprehensive nature for good reason, in my opinion, but... <laughs> strange turn. I think it may be offering me some benefit here in maintaining my calm. Oh god, what a thing to have discovered. Shut up, you! I'm going to burn this book. Oh, shut up! I don't see what I'm achieving in this state, August. <laughs> Where is it? What? Oh god, I'm seeing things. You're not real. Hello, Professor Lesnar. You're not real. You're not real. Give me the claustrum. I need that. The what? What's wrong with you? The mechanism, McDonne. No. Why am I talking to you? You're not real. Oh. Give me the book. What? No! Give me the book, Professor. I can't do that. Hawkins will be angry if I do that. No. No. Why are you talking to me? You're dead. I know you are. If you weren't, he would have said something, I'm sure of it. That man is incapable of letting anything slip through his fingers. He's always scheming and planning and... Oh, God. You need to get out of here. What are you talking about? Go! Go! Before he catches you! Now, really, oh. Data, secure our guest. Get off of me! Please, stop struggling. You'll only hurt yourself. Now, if you'll excuse me. Ugh. Theta, when I said to secure our guest, I did mean both of their arms. Now, if you'll excuse me. There we are. Excellent work, Hope. You played your part beautifully. August. Oh, so you recognize me. I wasn't sure that you would. The fourth volume has a reputation for being... I suppose you could call it... Vicious? August. Hmm? Yes? You're a bastard, August Howard. As I said, I did what had to be done. You were the one who misplaced your research assistant, Hope. It only stands to reason that you should assist me in recovering them. You lied to me, you miserable little snob. I told you I would get hold of the interloper, and I have. If you disagreed with my methods, you should have suggested something of your own. Ah, but we're being rude to our guest. Where are my manners? I don't believe we've had the pleasure of meeting. I'm... I know who you are. Yes, I suppose you would, wouldn't you? Thanks to the indiscretions of our mutual friend here. No, I knew you before that, Professor. Oh? 
I'm afraid you have me at a disadvantage, then. I wasn't aware my reputation had preceded me. I know what you did to those girls. You're vile! Ah, that's right. You were a subscriber to the Dropout Conspiracy, weren't you? I'm told my name comes up in connection to that all too frequently. I wonder why. Now, there's no need to be glib, Quinn. May I call you Quinn? I've been looking forward to finally making your acquaintance. You see, I'm something of an admirer. <laughs> what a terrible face that is. I'm hurt. It wasn't a threat, Quinn. I mean it. Truly, I do. You're a very remarkable person. I had no idea your preferences were so flexible, Professor Howard. But if that's the kind of acquaintance you want from me, I'd rather you end this now. What? <laughs> you people really are very one-note, aren't you? Frankly, I'm embarrassed for you. No, my interest in you is far more academic in nature. What? Do shut up, Hope. This conversation doesn't concern you. For God's sakes, what is it now? Be still, Theta. Whatever it is, I'm sure Desmond can handle it. We have more important matters to attend to. Now, Quinn, let us discuss... You look like you've got something you'd like to say. Stop playing at civility and just do it. Please. This is humiliating. I'm afraid I don't see your meaning. I may not be talented or clever, Professor Howard, but I'm not a fool. There's nothing I have to offer you that any sophomore or junior on campus isn't better suited for. Ask Professor Lesnar. She knows that better than anyone. This ends with you killing me. I know you've done it before, and to people who might actually be missed. Stop wasting my time. Just kill me. Kill you? No, no. Why on earth would I want to do that? You're a drop of rain that never falls. A match that freezes when struck. You're a miracle. And what is a miracle but a scientific marvel not yet understood? To fear and strike down the unfamiliar is the role of the superstitious rube, not the intellectual. I, I think you must have me confused with someone else, Professor Howard. I certainly do not. Quinn McDunn, only child of Edith and Lachlan McDunn. Veritable titans in the field of occult medieval literature, as well as known dabblers in the contemporary occult. Orphaned by circumstances at twenty, and sole recipient of your parents' estate. If memory serves, I believe you still hold the distinction of the single largest donation of research materials ever given to Deakin University at one time. I know it was something of a controversy amongst their peers, but I, for one, was very grateful for the chance to peruse your late parents' library. I still am, in fact. You really do give yourself too little credit, Quinn. But I suppose we know who's to blame for that. Don't we, Hope? To think you have the nerve to preach the importance of perfect research doctrine to me when you couldn't see what was right in front of you. You mentioned them so fleetingly, 
as though you didn't even register how significant they were. And I suppose you didn't, even when it should have been obvious to you. It's a wonder you're any kind of academic at all. What are you talking about? Just imagine. Imagine if your parents or my idiot counterpart had succeeded in their efforts. If they had bent or broken whatever it is in you that makes you so remarkable. What the hell are you talking about? Is it possible you truly don't know? I wonder. August, I don't know what strange idea it is you've gotten into your head, but I can assure you- If I wanted your opinion on the matter, I would have requested it of you. Your mishandling of the original experiment is why you find yourself in the position you do. And you should be grateful that I consider your current predicament one with too much promise of furthering our knowledge of Abextra for me to consider it prudent to finally be done with you. All that stands between you and madness is nothing but a... What was it you called it? Ah, yes. An inconsequential bit of missing brass. Removing the claustrum from a volume is but the work of a moment, Hope. I would advise you not to forget that. Finally done with your inane interruptions, I see. Good. What exactly is it that you expect me to do for you, Professor Howard? To do for me? No, nothing. I don't want you to work for me, Quinn. I want you to work with me. With your cooperation. We can usher in a better future. A future free from the shackles of mortal suffering. Who better to see the cracks in the world than the interloper? The one who intrudes upon it. The, the interloper? Ah, so you do know. I can see it in your face. I'll admit you almost had me fooled. Pardon me, Professor, but I can promise you that the only thing you're seeing is the face of someone who's realized they're talking to a madman. You're a complete lunatic. Play at ignorance if you must, but don't think you've deceived me. I know what you are, Quinn McDonough. And you will help me achieve the Opus. I look forward to working with you. <laughs>